Hosea chapter 13, verse number 1, and it reads as follows. When Ephraim spake trembling, he exalted himself in Israel, but when he offended in Baal, he died. And now they sin more and more and have made them molten images of their silver and idols according to their own understanding. All of the work of the craftsmen, they say of them, let the men that sacrifice kiss the calves. Therefore they shall be as the morning cloud and as the early dew that passes away, as the chaff that is driven with the whirlwind out of the floor, and as the smoke out of the chimney. Yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. I did know thee in the wilderness and in the land of great drought, according to their pasture. So were they filled. They were filled, and their heart was exalted. Therefore have they forgotten me. Therefore I will be unto them as a lion, as a leopard, by the way, I will observe them. I will meet them as a bear that is bereaved of her whelps, and will rend the call of their heart. And there I will devour them like a lion. The wild beast shall tear them. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. I will be thy king. Where is any other that may save thee in all thy cities? And thy judges, of whom thou saidst, give me a king and princes, I gave thee a king in mine anger, and took him away in my wrath. The iniquity of Ephraim is bound up, his sin is hid. The sorrows of, tra- of a travailing woman shall come upon him, and he is an unwise son, for he should not stay long in the place of breaking forth of children. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. Though he be fruitful among his brethren, an east wind shall come, and the wind of the Lord shall call up from the wilderness, and his spring shall become dry, and his fountain shall be dried up. He shall spoil the treasure of all pleasant vessels. Samaria shall become desolate, for she hath rebelled against her God. They shall fall by the sword. Their infants shall be dashed in places, and their woman with child shall be ripped up. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for the Bible that we have it to learn from, to study from, that we have your word, your actual word to guide us in our lives. May we do our best to learn from it and help me now to speak your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Last time, we did a big summary, the big summary of chapters 1 to 12 of Hosea. So we won't go into a lot of summary this time because we already did that, right? And hopefully you guys remember all the places and all the stories and all the prophecy we've seen through the prophet Hosea. All the things he's warned Israel about and all the things that he's predicted they will ignore and all the punishment coming and the reasons for that punishment, and so on and so forth. We talked very much so in detail last time about that, of all the going on from chapters 1 all the way to chapter 12. Continue now with chapter 13. Chapter 13 is a reminder to Israel of who's in charge, right? It's a reminder. God is in charge. God is all-powerful. That's what it's talking about really here when we look through these 16 verses. That's the overarching theme of this chapter. We start off with a reminder of the things that, once again, Israel, and uh, he uses the word uh, Ephraim here. Ephraim, same, we're also referring to Israel, right? What did Israel do, right? In verses 1 and 2, right? 
It says, uh, he offended in Baal. They sin more and more. They made molten images of silver and idols according to their own understanding. So we know that one of the big problems that Israel had was a problem of idolatry, right? And we've talked about this many times, right? That they started worshiping other gods. They knew that they had God, the one and only, but they didn't follow him anymore. They saw what other people were worshiping, and they followed the trend over there. Someone's worshiping Baal. We follow Baal now, right? Or whatever other gods that existed back then. That's the direction the children of Israel went toward. Instead of drawing closer to God, drawing farther away, going to all these idols, leading themselves into more and more sin as a result. It said right there, and clearly in verse 2, they sin more and more. Because the standard of whatever Baal has or whatever... Whatever random idol God has is not the same as God's standard, right? God set forth all of his rules and all his expectations for Israel. Well, now they follow the idol. They don't need to follow it anymore. They can go sin and do whatever they want because that's the goal that they are going after. But what does God say about these idols? What does he say about these things that are, as he says, the work of craftsmen? In verse number three, he says something about it like this. He says, therefore, they shall be as the morning cloud and as the early dew, as the chaff that's driven of the whirlwind, of the smoke out of the chimney. Now, what's the common thread between all these things? The morning cloud, the early dew, the chaff, the smoke. The thing that's common about all these things is that they're all temporary. They're all fleeting. The morning cloud is gone by noontime. We live in San Francisco. We see it all the time, right? Fog in the morning, sun in the afternoon. That's like the forecast for like 90% of the days, right? Same thing with the dew, right? You go out in the morning, you see dew on your plants. When you come home at night, no more dew on there, is there? The chaff is the part of the wheat that's very light. That little shell of it, it, flow, it can just be blown away by the wind so easily. The smoke out of the chimney, we all know that, right? When you burn the fire, the smoke goes out in the sky and it floats away and you don't see it anymore. These idols were just like that. They were temporary. They're not lasting. They're just something that some guy made. It was there for a certain amount of time and after a while, it'll be gone. It's not a permanent thing. It's not a forever thing. It's ephemeral. It's here, here today, gone tomorrow. And we know this is true. This about this way. For all the idols that God talks about in the Bible, of all these other gods or whatever, how many of us actually know the names of these other gods? If you ask the average person on the street, I bet the answer would be zero. I know the names of zero Middle Eastern idols or idol gods or whatever. You know, even if you ask people that study the Bible, Right? Maybe they know Baal, right? which was mentioned here in these chapters. Baal, that was one of the famous idols. Otherwise, who really knows these things? Well, maybe if you go to a museum and you go to the Middle Eastern history section, you might see some of the gods of way back when. But what's the reality? The reality is all those idols, they were so temporary. They were so fleeting. Right? They were popular in that one moment, and now they're gone. Gone forever. No one even remembers their name anymore. Right? We've talked a lot about what idols really are. As it said right here in verse 2, they are just things crafted by men, right? The creation of men, 
things that men have exalted of their own desire, of their own want. So when we talk about idols today, that really is the category of things we're talking about. We know that most of you guys here, probably all you guys here, don't walk in and say, oh, today I feel like worshiping Baal or Buddha or whatever, right? You guys are well beyond that stage of your lives, right? To think something like that. But we're not beyond the principle of what is the idol. The principle being that something made by man, something exalted by man that we aspire to, that we hail up as great or wonderful and that we strive toward or whatever, right? And there are a lot of idols today that are the same thing, that are fleeting, right? That people still chase after or, or hold as an ideal or as a goal or whatever, right? There are some idols we have in terms of people, right? The people that people think of as idols, pop idols, so to speak, right? How fleeting is their fame? How fleeting is their moment of glory, right? I was just thinking about, or, you know, we were just watching TV just even yesterday. Elaine and I were watching TV and uh, came on the screen was Justin Timberlake, right? And what did Elaine say when she saw Justin Timberlake? She said, is that Justin Timberlake? He looks like an old guy now, right? Like... Well, yeah, you know, how old is he now? He's not like he was when you were in college and he was like the hot star, like, oh, everyone loved Justin Timberlake back when we were, you know, 18 or 21 or whatever, right? Now it's been like decade, over a decade later, oh, now he's some old looking guy, right? You know, it looks like you or me, right? Old, right? So, you know, he had that fame and power for a second. Well, things, times change or whatever. When we did that Christmas wreck, if you guys at the Christmas dinner, when I tried to find the pictures of the movie stars in these Christmas movies, I was just thinking about it, like, boy, a lot of these guys, they have passed their, sure have passed their peak, right? We looked at like, oh, Tim Allen, he was in the Santa Claus. That was like 20 years ago now, right? When's the last time Tim Allen was in a big movie? I can't think of it at all, right? Or like Arnold, right? He was in Jingle All the Way. How long ago was that? That was more than 20 years ago. I think it was like 23 years ago, it was like 1994 or something like that. That's a long time ago. And, you know, at one point, they're the most famous people. The top, you know, people want to be like them. They're like the funniest guy, the strongest guy, the best actor, the most popular thing. We want this idol. He's our idol. The guy we look up to. Now no one looks up to them. No one even thinks about them, right? I didn't think about Tim Allen or Arnold until I did that wreck like two weeks ago, right? They're not in any movies. They're not on TV. They're nothing, right? Who cares about them? That's how fleeting this is. And when it comes to other idols and things that we strive after today, it's the same thing when it turns to the physical things. Just like those statues of old have all crumbled to dust except for the very few that are in a museum somewhere. All the idols of physical possessions that people strive after one day soon will be, you know, long gone. So same thing as watching TV the other day, and it's one of these shows about the 1980s, and the, you know, in the 1980s, it shows the kid going into Radio Shack, right? And what do he really want in Radio Shack? I want the Tandy computer, right? It cost like $1,000 back then, the, the, you know, the, the, the 486 Tandy computer. It's so awesome. It's like the greatest thing. Everyone would want this cool computer, right? Now, of course, we know 
that even probably five years after the show aired, right? No one would want the Tandy computer. You move on the next thing already. The technology changed so fast, right? Who would want that? Such an old thing. If you gave us a, a Tandy computer now, right? You would say it belongs in a museum, right? It's an old technology. So for all the people right now, they're all hyped up, spending their whole lives saying, I need to, to save up my money to buy the $1,000 iPhone X or whatever, right? We all know that in two years, the iPhone X will be surpassed by iPhone number, you know, 12 or whatever, and this will be relegated to the dustbin of history. Whenever we put our goals, our faith, our hope into something that is man-made, it's fleeting. It's temporary. It's not going to be forever. In a few years, it'll be old news and gone. But what does God say about himself in verses 4? Verses 4 and 5. He says, I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt. Right? And verse 5, I knew thee in the wilderness. Verse 6, they were filled and their heart was exalted. Right? All those other idols and stuff, they came and they went. Who was with Israel the whole time? God. God was with them from the time of Egypt. In fact, he was time with them even before Egypt, right? But he's saying, I was with you guys since Egypt. I was with you guys in the wilderness. I was with you guys when you came out of the wilderness and made you guys prosperous. I was with you guys all the time, never changing, always there. Thousands of years, God was there for Israel. But what happened? They forgot. They forgot. Verse 6 can't be any more clear than that. They have, forgot, have, have they forgotten me. They forgot God. Even though out of all those things, the most permanent thing was God. Everything else was temporary. The permanent thing was God. They forgot the permanent one. They remembered the temporary ones. And so it was in verse numbers uh, 7 and 8. We see, and we've talked about this before, God says, well, there's a result for that. You forgot me, here comes a punishment. It comes as a lion, as a leopard, and as a bear in verse 8. Now, I've talked about it generally about, oh, you know, obviously it means that what happens when you go into like a pit with a lion or a bear, how do they treat you, right? We all know how violent those animals can be, right? How they rip up people, rip up, rip up other animals and eat them and so on and so forth, right? That that's the type of punishment that was coming to Israel. But, you know, those of you guys who uh, come out and you've heard uh, Nathan speak, I, something just came to me as I was reading this. Also, all also seemed to fit in nicely with the stuff he was saying. If you remember a while back when he was talking about all the different empires and stuff like that, and there's certain empires represented by certain uh, animals and stuff, right? Well, guess what? This actually fits in with the stuff that he was teaching during that time, believe it or not, right? I think he said something like, oh, the lion represents the Babylonian empire, right? And we know what would happen to Israel when we conquered by Babylonians, right? Or the Assyrians or some of like that, right? That's a, you know, I, don't, I myself do not remember all of Nathan's message. But I remember we talked about this and say, hey, doesn't this fit in perfectly? Doesn't this prophecy line up with all the other parts of the Bible that we study? That we have the leopard, which would be similar to the Greek empire. The bear, the Roman empire. All these were the conquerors of Israel area. It actually happened. Prophecy came true. In verse 9, it says this. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. Here's the thing. We talk about all these things as coming, you know, being ripped up like a lion, 
ripped up by a bear. Here's the thing that God points out to them. That a lot of people might say, oh God, you destroyed Israel. No, he's saying this. Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. Israel's downfall was self-inflicted. They did their own sin, and that's how they wound up the way they were. In fact, it's not God that destroyed them. What does it say? It's God that is their help. Verse 9, but in me is thine help. Why is that? Verse 10, I will be thy king. Right? If we have God as our king, he's our helper. How is that so? Verse number 14, I will ransom thee from the power of the grave. Remember, how powerful is God? God so powerfully has power over even death. And what is this talking about? We know what it's talking about. Hopefully we all know. It's talking about Jesus, right? Through Jesus, we have power over the grave. He's telling them, I'm still going to save you. I'm still that powerful. You have all this judgment. You have all this bad stuff. There is still salvation, right? O grave, I will be thy destruction, right? We'll destroy the grave if you follow God. But what did the people do? The people back then, what did they do? They said stuff like this in verse 10. It says, they said, give me a king, right? So what did God do in his anger? Verse 11, I gave thee a king and took him away in my wrath, right? If you remember your Old Testament, your other Old Testament, right? That's what the children of Israel did. They asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, right? They thought it'd be cool to have a king. The king is the way to go, right? We don't want to just follow God. We want a ruler like all the other people. And we know it didn't turn out that well for Saul, right? Saul had his time and it passed. Once again, everything was fleeting, right? Then after Saul was David. And David was a good king, right? We know he was a good king. But guess what? He was only a good king for a while, right? Then he had his sin and his problems. And then he died. Same thing with Solomon, right? You thought he was a great king, a wise king. He was a rich king. Israel was prosperous for a while. Then he too slipped up and he was a man and he had mistakes, did wrong, and he died, and then so on and so forth. And when you look in the book of Kings, there's good kings, there's bad kings, just like all the things. When you rely on a man, guess what? You're not putting your faith in something solid or lasting. Putting your faith in something temporary. Same thing today. People still clamor and they hope for that there's one guy that will help us, right? Uh, you know, back in, the, back in 2008, people wanted to elect Barack Obama. Why? Oh, they thought if we had him, there would be hope and change, right? Hope and change. So we elected Obama, and then turned out there wasn't much change, and there wasn't much hope, right? He was just a regular politician in the end, right? And so then people saw, got sick of that, and they said, you know, we need a new, new guy, a new leader, right? A new king, right? A new president. Someone that will make America great again, right? So then we said, oh, we'll elect Donald Trump, and he'll make America great again. So what happened? Well, it's been a year, and America's not that great, right? When you rely on one guy, a man, it's not going to be the way. It's not going to be the way. What's the result? What's the result? Well, we see it here in these verses in 15 and 16. It talks about, again, all the bad stuff that's coming to Israel, right? The spring becoming dry, the fountain dried up, the land becoming desolate, right? The only way is to repent and turn back to God. 
And that's been the same message we've been studying this whole book of Hosea. Is it not? Is it not? That's the thing he's been saying over and over again. Yet Israel doesn't get the message. They didn't get the message and they wound up going toward all these things, the wrong things, the temporary things, the unlasting things, the things that might have felt good in the moment but weren't good for them overall. I want to look back at one verse here now, some of our remaining time, such that it is, to point out one thing. We looked at verse number 9. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. It's a true statement here about Israel's self-inflicted wounds. That so much of their problem was a problem that they had caused by their own sin. Here's the thing that we don't like to think about so much, but that's true. Sin is a choice that we make. When we go wrong, it's because we wanted to. That was a choice that Israel made. They didn't just come up and say, you know, someone is forcing me to worship these idols, right? They're holding a gun to my head. I'm going to worship these idols now. They weren't, no one was holding their guns to their head, telling them to not worship God. Oh, don't worship God or else I'm going to kill you. That's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. This was by their own choice. When we sin, most of the time, it's by our choice. No one is holding a gun to our head saying, don't worship God this week. No one's holding our gun to our head saying, you better tell this lie. It's a choice that we make. And sometimes we have to recognize that we have that kind of responsibility and hold ourselves accountable for our actions in order to really move forward in our lives, to improve our lives, to move us toward repentance, move us toward God. But we live in the era of no self-responsibility, right? The millennial age, as people call it, right? Where people constantly live with the idea of, oh, it's not my fault, right? We live in the era of the excuses, right? Now, of course, there's always some truth to all these things that people say, but that belies the bigger point, right? You hear it all the time, right? Some of these young people, they go, oh, you know, they're in school. They fail the test, right? Oh, I failed the test. It's not my fault. It's because our educational system is rigged against me, right? It favors the white establishment and white privilege, right? You guys have heard this, this kind of, these kind of arguments, right? Oh, this guy is poor. Why am I poor? Well, I'm poor because the system is institutionally racist against me, and I can't get ahead. Right? All these things that people say nowadays, right? I think for us, it sounds kind of weird, I think, because we came from, you know, like a, most of us came from Chinese background, right? And Chinese, they've never really subscribed to all that because, you know, Chinese and immigrant type backgrounds, and most of us are first and second generation immigrants. We kind of just had the attitude like our parents taught us. It's like, well, the secret is you work hard and then you get out of all these messes, right? Oh, oh, you did bad on your test? You better go study harder. That's what your parents would say, right? Oh, you don't have any money? Oh, you better go get a job, right? And work harder, right? That's your problem. You can't blame whoever for this, you know? That's, that's kind of the way my parents were with me, right? And I'm sure many of you parents think that way. Your parents thought that way, and maybe you yourself think this today. But we know, at least in the media, from looking at there's a whole generation of people that think otherwise. They look to all these other reasons, all these other excuses to kind of excuse their behavior, right? Oh, 
You know, we, we, we got to have this because this is the situation we're in, right? We're a product of, of our society, you know, trying to make excuses, right? But sometimes we have to make the hard choice and look at ourselves and evaluate ourselves and say, you know what? I'm the problem too. Those things might be true, but the change starts with me. If I don't make the change, the problem continues, right? You look at yourself and you say, this is the sin in my life. How can I get rid of it? It's hard. It requires some kind of self-introspective to say that, hey, I can see this thing is wrong. This thing I need to fix. Can I do it? Right? When the New Year season, a lot of people make New Year's resolutions, right? To say, oh, this is a thing I need to fix in my life. Get, get together. You put the onus on yourself to make the change, you know? There's a lot of stuff that I do in my life that's not good either, right? That I have a hard time changing. And, you know, I can blame other things and make excuses all the time. Like one of the things that Elaine always tells me I should not do, that I do all the time, right? Is that one of, one of my vices is drink a lot of soda. You know? And everybody knows it's bad for you, right? One day I'm gonna get diabetes, right? And die, right? From drinking soda. Sometimes I drink like a soda every day. Literally, like every single day. One can of soda per day. Why is that? Well, at work, they give you like, there's like a so- refrigerator full of soda, right? Oh, it doesn't cost any money. Every day at lunch, it's oh, if you have a soda for lunch or whatever, right? It doesn't cost you anything, right? So I do that all the time, right? And it makes sense. And you make excuses in your own mind, like, oh, well, it's there. I need a drink. Oh, I gotta grab a soda, right? Oh, I need pizza today. How can you eat pizza without soda? I gotta grab a soda, right? Oh, I'm eating hamburgers today. You cannot eat a hamburger without soda. Time to grab this. Oh, spicy food. You know what goes really good with spicy food? Soda. I'm gonna grab the soda now, right? And then pretty soon it turns into what food is there that you're not grabbing the soda with? So I'm drinking every day. So I used to do that all the time, right? Every day, one soda per day. And then what happened was I changed jobs, right? I changed jobs, and what they had in their lunchroom was they had a vending machine. And then guess what happened? Why did I just stop drinking soda every day, right? So it wasn't true that, oh, I'm so addicted. I can't stop the habit, right? I, I got to drink it every day. Guess what? Once they put the vending, in share, vending machine in there, oh, I, I suddenly did not drink soda every day, right? Did not become a big deal anymore, right? So we fool ourselves. Oh, I can't give up this sin. I can't, it's too much, you know? I can't give up my alcohol, right? Everyone drinks, I go out all the time. I'm addicted, I can't stop it. I can't give up my gambling. I'm addicted, I gotta do it all the time. That's the only way. Guess what? We have control of our lives too. We can act to stop it, believe it or not. We have to take responsibility sometimes and say we make the change. Otherwise, it's just a self-inflicted wound, right? So I think that's something that I want to highlight there from verse number 9, but it looks like we're out of time right now. Let's bow forward to prayer and wrap up chapter 13 today. Dear God, thank you for giving us chapter 13 here that reminds us that you are in charge. Everything else is temporary fleeting. We want to just strive to go toward you. It's not easy. We won't make excuses though. You know, people make excuses all the time. I can't go to church this week for this reason, that reason. I can't read my Bible today, this reason, that reason. Let's not make excuses. Let's look at ourselves and take responsibility and say, I need to do this for you because I know it is right. God, thank you for this book. Thank you for this time we have to study. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.